Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online church service. I'm so happy that you're joining me because I believe that God is going to nourish you spiritually. Hallelujah. I believe that your faith will come alive into a new dimension where you are able to believe God for the impossible and do the miraculous all to the glory of the Lord. And you're going to praise the Lord. God's got some big plans for you and God wants to keep you on track towards the fulfillment of your wonderful destiny. We want to talk about that today along this, along the subject line of faith without feelings. But before we get into today's message, let us first receive the holy tithes and offerings. Let's bring them into the storehouse of God today with joyful hearts. I have a scripture for you that I want to share with you because your finances are very important to the Lord. The Lord does not want you suffering financially. He redeemed you not only from sin, sickness, disease, but he also redeemed you from the full package of the curse. And poverty is a product of the curse. And God wants you walking in the blessing. Praise the Lord. Now, Proverbs 10, verse 22, the blessing is very important. The blessing, not a magic spell, not, not something silly, not hocus pocus baloney. The blessing, see, the blessing is very tangible. It's a real substance. You have the blessing, you have the curse. Both are real. Both are very evident in the earth today. You have the byproduct of the curse, which is misery, suffering, death, all kinds of problems in the earth. And you also have the byproduct of the blessing, things going wonderful in your life, good things happening in your life, people coming to the Lord, uh, your life being salt and light in the earth and so many wonderful things of the blessing of God working in you and through you. These two things, the blessing and the curse are very, very real. The old Testament patriarchs had a very clear understanding of this. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. See, it makes you rich. You don't need any help you do not need any divine empowerment from God to be poor. You don't have to do anything to be poor except just sit around, don't do anything. And uh, poverty will come to you like an armed robber. But my friends, if you want to be blessed and experience the prosperity of the Lord, then you need to walk with the Lord and serve the Lord. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. God's not out trying to make you poor. God is giving his best effort, angelic backup, divine guidance and direction, the inward abiding of the Holy Spirit to help bring you into the prosperity that God intends for you to enjoy. God wants you to be rich. Now, when God does it, and when you follow his divine prescription, then there's no sorrow with it. You don't have to be concerned about going to jail or, or going to prison or, you know, the uh, IRS showing up at your door because you did something wrong. No, you can lay your head down on your pillow at night with a good conscience, 
knowing that you're doing a good work and that the blessing of God is overtaking you, creating prosperity in your life. Now, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And so here in the New, Te New Testament, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, I want us to jump over there just for a moment as well. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. Verse 9, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Well, when you read Proverbs 10.22, and you read 1 Timothy 6.9, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and so forth, you think, you think initially, is this contradictory? But when you meditate on each verse, and you meditate really on the whole chapter of 1 Timothy chapter 6, you really do see that God wants you to be blessed. He just doesn't want anything to take the place of Him. And you know what? There are people in this earth who will do anything for money. I mean, they would kill their own mother for money. If they could become wealthy, they would do the most unspeakable things. But there are some Christians who also are very unstable in this area, and they are constantly almost like peering into and looking into ways that they can get rich. They want to get rich, and they want to get rich quick. And you know what? That That's very, very dangerous. You really want to mainly focus on doing what God has called you to do in life, and put it, put your whole heart into it, work and do a good job and, and walk with the Lord and let that blessing of the Lord come on you. And it's that blessing that will lift you up, not a lottery ticket. Okay. You need, you need to stop thinking crazy thoughts and you need to start thinking the blessing. You don't need the lottery. You need the blessing. The blessing of the Lord will make you rich. Let all those other millions of people out there who don't know Christ, let them play the lottery. And, you know, because the more that play, the more that are going to lose. And only one person's going to win. That's what's so silly about the lottery is that the higher the amount is that a person can win, the more people that play it without even thinking that the odds are getting greater and greater of you never being uh, the one that's going to win. So it's really totally stacked against you. But the blessing of the Lord, anybody can come into that if you walk with the Lord follow his instructions, and you begin to realize that this, this supernatural thing called the blessing starts coming on your life, and you're going up, 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 and you don't love money, but God's blessing you. Why? Because you put the Lord first. You put the Lord first. And really, that's what First Timothy chapter 6 is talking about. And it gets more obvious in verse 10, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Probably the second misquoted verse in the Bible uh, by people going around saying that money is the root of all evil. And that is totally taking the Word of God out of context. God did not say that. God said the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So the Lord wants you to be rich the right way. 
Praise the Lord. And you have to have standards. You have to say there are some things I can do and some things I can't. And even if the things I can't do would be profitable and I could end up getting wealthy out of that, I'm not going to do it because, first of all, it's wrong. Second of all, we don't need to do something that's wrong to be rich. We can live right, serve the Lord, and the blessing the blessing will make you rich. So get rid of all kinds of wild schemes and wild plans and just stick with the Lord. Walk with the Lord. Be a tither. Sow financial seed. Work God's system of seed time and harvest. And I'm not talking about corn and butter beans and black-eyed peas. I, I'm not talking about agriculture. I'm talking about financial farming. Work God's system of seed time and harvest. And, you know, and just stay with it, stay with the plan of God, and that blessing will come, and you'll get stronger and stronger and more blessed and more blessed. You'll increase and increase, and you'll find yourself rich, and you've got all this stuff, and you don't love money. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Aren't you glad that God's fair? Hallelujah. The world's not fair. The world's not fair. The world doesn't want you to have wealth, and it wants you to do all kinds of weird things to get it. Uh, you know, work 90 hours a week and destroy your marriage in order to get a little extra, or, you know, uh, lie, or, or cheat, or, you know, all these other things, or just do stuff really that a lot of times just, you, you, it's just work, 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 stuff, 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 never satisfied. But God wants you to be happy. God wants you to have time for, for him, have time for your marriage, have time for your children, and your life can be so blessed. Hallelujah. You don't have to go crazy or do crazy stuff. Praise God. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. So don't love money. Love the Lord, and the Lord will give you plenty of money. Just work his system. You have to you have to farm. If if you don't ever sow any seed, you're never going to have any kind of a harvest. Praise God. Hallelujah. So just keep working the word. Keep loving the Lord and watch. Watch God's blessing come on your life. And by the way, it is a flat out tangible blessing. You know you're blessed. And I'm not just talking about wealth, although riches is an aspect of the blessing. Now, we know that there are many sinners who have wealth, but even as the, the great teacher, the Lord Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he should gain the whole world, but lose his own soul? Praise the Lord. But you can have wealth and you can be a kingdom empowerer and spread the word of God, support ministries, help us do what we're called to do. And you can be prosperous and wealthy and have a fully blessed life. Oh my goodness. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's look at it one more time. Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. So don't focus on getting rich. Focus on the Lord, walking with the Lord, walking in his blessing, being eyeful and mindful of the blessing of God, being able to identify the blessing, being able to identify the curse and say, no, I'm not having anything to do with anything that would lead into the curse or opening the door for the curse. I'm walking with the Lord. I'm walking in the blessing. Oh, your life will be so sweet and so happy. So let's walk in the blessing. Let's honor the Lord. Let's bring our tithes and offerings now into the storehouse of God. If you would like to mail them in, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456. 
Mooresville, North Carolina. Our zip code is 28117. Now, if you would like to bring them in through the internet, which is very safe and secure, you can go online to our ministry website, and our website is stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage called Tides and Offerings, So and Reap. You can conveniently click on that anytime, day or night. Send them off. They'll come right into the ministry storehouse, and we'll continue to put it to good use to preach the gospel around the world. I'm so excited. I'm so excited about what God is doing. I want to see you blessed. I want to see God make you rich. I love getting testimonies of how the Lord is blessing you, of how people are paying off bills and paying down debt and paying off debt and, and being able to send in uh, wonderful checks and things like that to support the work of the Lord. Praise God. It makes me so happy. Praise the Lord forever. So, Father, bless your people as they are bringing the tithe and special seed into the storehouse. Make them rich, O God. Let them not love money. Let them love what they can do with money, all the good things they can do. But, Lord, money is, when it's being handed to us, brought to us through you, is an extension of the blessing. So, Father, let your blessing flow. Father, let your blessing touch your people in Jesus' name. Let them walk their entire life on this earth in your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Think about that. Living your entire life, your whole life on this earth, living it, not in the curse, but in the blessing. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Galatians 3.13, Christ became a curse for you and I while he was on that tree, while he was on that rugged cross at Calvary. Why? So that we could be blessed. So that the blessing of the Lord could come on the Gentiles. Mm, 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 mm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Please say this right now, right where you're at. Say, I'm blessed. Pastor Stephen, I don't feel blessed. In Christ, positionally, you are. If you are in Christ, your technical position is you are blessed. Hallelujah. So walk with the Lord. Follow his instructions. Watch the blessing increase. Be able to recognize the areas of, God, of God's blessing in your life and say, Lord, thank you for blessing me. Thank you for my health. Lord, thank you that I don't have a headache. Thank you that my stomach feels good. Lord, I thank you for, for energy and strength. Lord, thank you for my home. Thank you for the air conditioning. Thank you for the heater in the winter. Lord, thank you for all of your good blessings. Thank you, Lord, that I have a stable mind. Thank you, Lord, for a good night's sleep. And just thank the Lord all the time for his blessings. Lord, thank you that we're rich. Please say that. Lord, we thank you that we're rich. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm -mm. Praise God. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Now, today, please take your Bibles. Turn to Mark chapter 11. I want to talk a, a little bit today about faith without feelings. I have, a, I have a spiritual feeling, a sense, an inner sense that some of you have been having external feelings from the sensory physical realm, touching your mental realm, that it's not working. It's not going right. We want to talk about that today. Hallelujah. Don't let, this is what the Holy Spirit told me to tell you, don't let your feelings 
fake you out. Woo! Woo! Hallelujah! Mm-mm-mm. You know, we live in a world where you could get in your car and uh, let's just take Southern California, for example, because there's many areas of the world that are like this. You can get in your car, leave Southern California and start going, start going east on the Interstate 40 and then drop down south and go through the Mojave Desert. And you know what? It's like being out in Saudi Arabia or something like that. And you get out there, it's so hot, no, no water, no moisture, and you begin to see these things that are called mirages. And it looks like there's water, but there's not. Uh, and there's something about this earth realm where there are these illusions, these things of these mirages that look, that give circumstantial evidence that something is the way it is, but it's not really that way, actually. So don't let your feelings today fool you and say that God's not good. God's not good to you. You know, don't let your feelings, you know, dictate your mood. Let the word of God, which is forever settled in heaven, dictate your mood. And if you do that, you will be the happiest person on the planet. Woo! Woo! Wouldn't you like to be in the category... I don't know how many there are. I don't, you know, the Lord has so many different categories. But wouldn't you like to be in a category of, you know, like the top 1,000 happiest people on the planet? Because there's a lot of sad Christians. They love the Lord. They're going to heaven. They're redeemed by the blood of Jesus, but they're just sad, depressed, discouraged. Wouldn't you like to move from a category of sadness or just gloomy? I, I, look, some people get down just because of the weather. No, Pastor Stephen, you're joking. No, I, I'm not. There are some people that wake up. I'm talking about Christians. They wake up, and if the weather's gloomy, guess what? They're gloomy too. Woo! Now, you're talking about external influences causing you inwardly to totally agree with the outward illusion. My friends, my friends, you can be one of the happiest people on the planet when you walk with the Lord and you allow his word to be your guide when you allow his word to settle questions and issues and if you'll stay at the feet of Jesus and let the Holy Spirit teach you you'll be such a happy person God will dissolve your doubts God will remove your fears God will take your anguish away and replace it with peace and I'll tell you what God will even make you laugh Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know what the devil wants? The devil wants you to be depressed. The devil wants you to be gloomy and sad. And he wants you to look down so you can't look up and see all the good things that God's got planned for you. Hallelujah. But you need to be happy. Something wonderful is going to take place in your life. Glory to God. You need to be expecting something good to happen today. Praise the Lord. Glory. Well, we're in Mark chapter 11. You're ahead of me. Let me catch up with you. Praise God today. Woo! Aren't you fast to know scriptures? I better get this. I better get these pages turning, turning and burning. Hallelujah. There we go. We're in Mark chapter 11. I want to go to verse 22 and talk today about faith without feelings. Father, let your word come alive. Ooh, woo. Yes. Lord, let your word come alive in us by your spirit. We thank you, Father. Let your word, by the anointing of your spirit, remove all clouds of misery. 
Remove all dark clouds of despair and hopelessness. And Father God, let the light of your word shine forth. Let your promises be illuminated like a neon sign that we can't miss. We thank you. We thank you, O God, that the day grows brighter and brighter until the Lord's full return. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark 11, verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. That's very important. Have faith in God. There are a lot of things that will compete for your faith. That are, there are a lot of things that will compete for your belief system. When young people go off to college, those uh, atheistic professor, uh, professors who... Uh, you know, have mo no moral standards or, uh, you know, they're lost in their sins. They want to, they want to compete for the young people that were raised in church. They want to compete for their faith and they would like to fill their minds with all kinds of junk and all kinds of baloney. There are many things that will contend for your faith. Bottom line, have faith in God. Now, what does that mean? That means to have faith in God means that really the thing that is the final authority in your life it's not your feelings. It's not what the professor said. It's not what your grandmother said. It's not what the psychologist said. It's not what the TV anchor man or, or newswoman said. The final authority governing everything that you do in your life is the Word of God. Because a lot of people, they say, they'll say, have faith in God. That's just some kind of a generalized blanket statement, like just throwing something up in the air, hoping we catch something. Well, to have faith in God is to have faith in what he said. What did he say? Many times you don't need to discuss certain things. The answer is already revealed in the word. No need to discuss it. No need to have a long talk or really pray hours about it. The answer is in the word. Just obey it. Praise God. Have faith in God. Mm. Ooh. You know who really competes for your faith? Probably today more than anybody else is the news. <laughs> oh, Pastor Stephen, you really like to hit the news, don't I? I do. I do. I think most people watch way too much news. I think, I think the news is just a bunch of hot air. Praise the Lord. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, now hold on just a minute. The reason I watch the news is so I can be informed and so I can pray for the president. Oh, really? How, honestly, how much praying are you really doing for the president? Sure is quiet on the Internet world today. I, I'm just saying that most people that use that, that, that reason, well, the reason I watch the news is so that I might pray for the president. Most of those people don't even pray for the president. I'm not saying that you don't. I'm just saying that most people that are just in front of the television all the time, they have very little prayer lives. That's, that's just the truth. Praise the God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think the news is okay. I like a little review. I like a little scan of the news, but most of the news is negative. Most of the news, news is negative, and the news companies, even the ones that are more conservative in nature, uh, all of them, though, especially the liberal ones, they're all competing for your faith. They want you to listen to them, and they want you to put weight on what they say. Wow, can you imagine? Can you imagine what it would be like if you stopped watching the news, and instead of listening to them and honoring their word, you listened to the Lord and you honored his word? 
Wow, can you imagine the faith? Oh, <laughs> wow. It'd be getting like a like a brand new engine. It'd be like getting rid of a four-cylinder engine with 160 horsepower and having, you know, like a V12, 650 horsepower engine that supercharged dropped into your system. You'd be like, wow, the strength and the power. Yeah, it depends on who you listen to. Because what you listen to is going to uh, is going to shape and form your belief system. And there's no way that you can listen to hours and hours and hours and hours of news and not have that affect your uh, affect your belief system. By the way, since we're talking about faith without feelings, there are certain contributors to the way that you feel. External things that I'm telling you, you could be in happy, you could be in a happy mood, and external things touch you, impact you, and hit you, and you know you. Next thing you know, you're not happy anymore. Next thing you know, the the faith project that you're on is just like you're you just like evaporated, and now you're worried. Now you're concerned about the the world, and you know the biggest thing that hits you is listening to the news. Praise the Lord. I'm not saying don't watch TV. Don't watch the news. I've got nice televisions in my home. I've got got the 4K TV. I've got all the bells and whistles, but I'm very selective. Uh, Some people would maybe say extremely selective. I'm very selective what I allow into my eye gate and into my ear gate. Praise God. I don't ever, ever watch commercials. If I'm watching television and there are commercials, I don't ever watch a commercial. I mean, the moment any commercial comes on, it's it's instant mute button for me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. See, see, my destiny is important to me. I've got to stay on task. I can't drift and float all over the world. And I, I don't need to know what's going on all over the world. Why, why do I need to know what's going on over there when I don't even live there? It's amazing to me, as I've traveled the world and have, you know, uh, I, I'm waiting for my flight. Maybe I'm in Singapore. Maybe I'm in uh, Taiwan. Maybe I'm in Africa. Maybe I'm somewhere in Europe. And I'm sitting uh, at all these, over the years, various airport terminals. And you're waiting for your flight. And there, there, in the international terminal, guess what is on the TV? CNN News. And you think, well, why are they playing that here? Why I, why are they playing American News here in Paris, France? I mean, honestly, if I lived in France, I would, I'd be like, well, who cares what's going on in America, right? I, if I lived in the Congo uh, of, of Africa, would I really care what's going on, you know, on the other side of the planet? You know, but, you know, I go to these other countries and they're all sitting there watching CNN News. See, I'm just thinking, how bizarre. You don't even know anybody in America. Why are you so concerned? But see, it's the news. They're competing for your faith. They want you to believe what they say. Mm, mm, mm. Wow, praise the Lord. So really, the news can really pull you out of the faith zone very, very quickly. Have faith in God. I'm still on verse 22. I hope I can get to my notes today. (laughs) Have faith in God. 
And yes, I do pray for President Trump and for Vice President Pence and on down the line. And I pray for our state and so forth. And I always vote uh, nationally, locally, and, and, and so forth. Uh, and so my wife and I were involved in politics. But I, I watched the news briefly, get, get the caption of what's going on, and, uh, and then, boom, right back to work. Why? Because I've got stuff to do. I don't want my head filled with all of that, all of that junk. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. But you know what? You might as well get over it now because they're not going to be playing it in heaven. Hallelujah. Nope. There's no MSNBC in heaven. Praise God. There's no, uh, there's no reports of who died, who got, uh, you know, who got their head cut off, who got shot, who, murders, rapes, all that. It's all going to be over. Might as well start kind of fading it out of your system now. Praise the Lord. I know these things are all around us, but look, I'm not the kind of person that sticks his head in the sand, but I've got my head up, but I've got my head focused and I'm walking with the Lord. And I'm not concerned about all these things. Praise God. I'm fully aware of, of the angelic protection of the promises of God's word of Psalm 91. I don't need to full, fill my head full of fear. There, there's some Christians that are so afraid they won't even get on an airplane. My goodness. Hallelujah. Have faith in God. How can you be an apostle if you can't get on an airplane? How could you ever be a prophet if you can't even get on a plane? After all, most prophetic ministries are roving, uh, traveling, itinerant-type ministries. The apostle is on the go. How could you ever fulfill your calling if you're full of fear? Have faith in God. You can overcome any fear with faith in God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain... Your mountain is your challenge. Your mountain is that big thing in your life that won't budge. It's, it's still there. Maybe it's been there for months. Maybe it's been there for a couple of years, but it's still there. And unless you do something about it, it may never leave your life. Don't, don't expect it just somehow to um, deteriorate through erosion. Well, we had a big rainstorm. Looks like half the, mount, uh, half the mountain got washed away through erosion. Uh, don't expect that to happen. What, what you need to do is you need to go to work on removing that mountain out of your life. And this is how you do it. You speak to it. You say, be removed and be cast into the sea. And, and the person who does this and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whoo, whatever he says. Uh, and also, what's in here is what's going to come out. It's what's going to come out. That's why you can't be putting all kinds of junk in there. Because you put all kinds of junk in there, when pressure comes, that weird, bizarre stuff will come out, and you won't be able to just switch faith on like that. You, you can't do it. So you have to stay filled up with faith, which means stay filled up with God's Word. Here's what, what I want to say about moving mountains out of your life. You can speak to a mountain, and you can tell it to leave whether it's sickness, disease, whether it's a financial debt, whether it's some kind of a big yucky problem, like a mountain that has come into your life. You can talk to it and you can tell it to leave. I mean, you can just, you know, in your privacy of your own room, just speak to it or at a, uh, you know, a corporate prayer meeting with you and friends together, believers together. You can, you can verbally attack it in faith. But here's something that will really, really help you because oftentimes these mountain-type things, they don't dissolve and go away overnight. Oftentimes you have to stay with it, maybe even for a couple of years until that thing is just suddenly gone. 
suddenly gone. Sometimes a mountain can just go, 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 and it's gone. It just, it just gets dwindled down, dwindled down like a debt. Maybe you're paying a debt off, and eventually, boom, the mountain is gone. It went from a mountain to a hill to a smaller hill, and boom, now it's totally paid off and gone. Well, other things, you just have to stay with it. And suddenly, you can wake up one day, and the, the whole mountain, just it was removed in one night. But here's something that's very, very fascinating, is that faith will work in your heart even when there is doubt in your head. And that's something that I heard the wonderful prophet of the Lord, uh, Prophet Kenneth Hagin, say many, many years back. And it was very, very true. And the thing is, is that in your heart, you believe. That's where faith is at, in your heart. And of course, when I say heart, I'm not really talking about your uh, the, your physical organ that pumps blood, but the core of your spirit, okay? Because you are a spirit, and you have a soul, you live in a body. But in your heart, in your spirit, that's where faith is at. You guard your faith. You believe God. You trust God. And so the faith is there. And you speak be removed out of my life and be cast into the sea. And your your mind can say, that didn't do anything. Look at that. Didn't nothing happen. And in your mind, even when you're not verbally talking, your mind wants to make all kinds of suggestions. Why? Because your mind, have you ever noticed, is not saved. Woo! Woo! Hallelujah. See, when you were born again... When you were saved, when you were, as the Bible calls it, regenerated, when you passed from spiritual death into spiritual life, you were born again in your spirit. Your spirit was recreated or regenerated, but your mind was not. And of course, your body wasn't either. So here's the thing. Your mind, until we go home to be with the Lord, your mind can really give you a lot of trouble from the perspective that we are constantly renewing our minds. It's an ongoing job, Romans 12, 2, renew, renew your mind. This is something that we'll have to work on until we go to be with the Lord, and then we'll receive the full inheritance uh, that we already have a down payment on, but we'll receive full inheritance minds completely completely uh, renewed, but right now we're still working on it because our, our minds aren't saved. They're not regenerated. So your brain, your mind can think nothing's happening, and your, your mind picks up on stimuli from the external outward world. It's the things that you see, and you hear, you can even taste, touch, smell. It's the things you feel. And all of these sensory things bring data or stimulus to your mind. And it would suggest to your mind, hey, the mountain's still there. Can't you see it? Look at it. Matter of fact, looks like it's gotten larger over the last 10 minutes. And so all of these things will challenge your faith. I need to let you know something that will really, really help you. Faith will still work. Faith in your heart will still work and produce incredible results even when there's doubt in your head. Woo! Just don't let these thoughts, these doubts, these questions, don't ever let that come down in the here. Mm. But just say, I believe. Praise God, I believe. Even if it looks like the wheels are coming off the wagon, I believe we're going to make it. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. And you'll find over time, if you'll stick with that, you'll find that my faith is working. Because sometimes people say, Pastor Stephen, you know, I've been on this uh, project for a couple of years. Maybe somebody's believing for a miracle cure to their body. Maybe you're blind in an eye. Maybe the, uh, your, your elbow was locked up with arthritis. And you know what? Maybe you've received prayer. You've had, you've had anointed ministers pray over you. Uh, but you're at a place where really that God is just wanting you to believe him and hold to his word and he's going to bring the healing, but you're standing. And so sometimes people have told me, uh, pastor Stephen, it's not working. Well, you know, when they are doing the right thing and they are working the word and they are, you know, as the apostle Paul said, having done all stand you know, when there's nothing else to do, you just stand. And that doesn't mean, you know, just physically stand around. No, it means stand on the word. And that doesn't mean stand up on your Bible either. That just means you're, you're holding to what God said. You've done all you can do really in the natural. There's nothing else you can do. So what he said, you believe it. And you're just going to hold to that stand on that. Okay. So when I talk with people that say it's not working and as I, you know, ask questions and we kind of cover all the bases you know, I just, you know, I just have to ask them, you know, who told you it's not working? Well, Pastor Stephen, it hasn't happened yet. Well, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Who told you it's not working? See, it, it is working. The thing that's trying to suggest to you that it's not working is this right here. It's your mind. It's your unsaved mind that that receives the stimulus of what you feel in the in the physical world and these feelings the did you catch that these feelings suggest to your mind that uh it's not working for me i guess it works for some but it don't work for me no it's working you just have to believe without feelings okay you just have to trust god despite feelings that would suggest contrary to what God said. So Jesus answered and said to them, verse 22, have faith in God. That really is, is the common denominator, the lowest common denominator. Who are you going to believe? Because we live in a world where there are many things that can affect our feelings. And aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that God gave us feelings? We just have to govern them. And we have to understand that we're not to be led by them. I'm not just talking about being led by bad feelings. I'm talking about we shouldn't we shouldn't be led by euphoria or good feeling either. You know, because uh that can be that can be something that could take us down a path into excess of something that would not be good for us. So feelings are wonderful, but you don't, you don't want to be led by that. You don't want to govern your life or make key life decisions based on feeling. But we thank God for feelings. I'm glad that if I go to a musical that I can enjoy the wonderful sounds, the symphony, the harmony of the singers, uh, the beauty of the music and uh, the feelings arise in me of such joy. And happiness. I like that. I, I like feelings. I like eating a piece of really good strawberry cake with buttercream frosting 
with some vanilla bean ice cream with the vanilla beans with a little bitty uh, specks of the bean in the ice cream. Ooh, I like I like that feeling. I I just feel so so nice and fuzzy and warm all over. Hallelujah! And then and then top it off with a nice latte. And for me and my wife to have those special times, I li- I like that. I I like feelings, but you can't let feelings dictate what you believe. Hallelujah. You know, we cannot morph into like, uh, you know, the Star Trek characters. Remember the original Star Trek and you had Spock and Spock was like this emotionless guy who was not moved by any. He had no emotions, basically. He was just all, you know, analytical. It was all reasoning. It was all intellectual. So, uh, you know, we can't be like that. You're not a Klingon. Praise God. And you wouldn't want to be. You, you would have funny-looking ears. Uh, then later, we had the Star Trek Next Generation, and you had the guy named Data, who was an android, kind of yellow and really uh, ugly, pale-looking skin. But another another type of Spock-type guy. He's an android, a robotic creature, and he's artificial intelligence, and he's he's not really human, so he can't, he can't have real feelings. But my friends... God created us with feelings. God wants us to enjoy our life, but you can't let your feelings fake you out because they are very good. Our feelings are very good at trying to suggest it's not working when in actuality it really is. Woo! Hallelujah. And you don't want to pull off the faith project. You don't want the angels to, you know, pull off the job. You just want to stay consistent. Stay consistent. Even look, even if it takes a couple of years. Hello, some things do. Okay, Noah did not build the ark, and you know, in thirty days. No, some things can even stretch into years. Okay, and you have to stay. You have to stay consistent. Your faith is working, absolutely, just like a mechanic working on an engine, getting everything lined up, everything working just the way that it should be. But don't let your feelings fake you out. If you watch professional football and you watch a really good running back, you know, um, they're like a, like a kind of reminds me of a pinball machine. Some of these guys can move not forward and backwards really fast, but you know, they can move, uh, left and right really, really quick. And if they are encountering a defensive lineman or a tackle on the other side of the field, as they're, you know, moving ahead, running high speed, what they can do is give a fake. In other words, they just lunge to the left just a little bit, dip the shoulder to the left, and it's a fake, and then within one-tenth of a second, cut to the right. Well, that little fake was enough to throw off that safety or that lineman because they see that fake, and they it, it's a natural reaction. Their brain thinks he's going this way, okay, but he's already shifted, and he's going that way, but he's faked you, and it's too late. He's already gotten by you. It's the same thing in soccer, or as they say in other parts of the world, football, you know, the guy with the ball, you know, just moving that ball down the field can lean in one way and then turn that ball and go the exact opposite direction, and it's just, you know, he faked you out. And now he's past you, and he's heading towards the goal. But my friends, there are things in life, feelings, that will try to fake you out, that will try to work with your mind, get your mind to join up and say, yep, yep, God's word, it just doesn't work for me. No, 
God's word is forever settled in heaven, but you have to believe it. You have to believe it to work for you. And that that's in here. So remember, Jesus said about the person who does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. So when you're removing that mountain, that problem out of your life, just keep believing in your heart because that thing is going to move. Just believe it in your heart. And it could be that you wake up one morning and it's gone. It could be that you see it just chopped down little by little or just sometimes big by big. Okay. But it'll, it'll go. Sometimes I found, I have found for me that oftentimes when there's a mountain that this is just me personally. Oftentimes for me, when there's been a mountain and I'm, I, I just speak, I say, be removed in the name of Jesus. Get out of my life. You're not, you're not staying in my life. Get out. So I'm talking about something that needs to go, something that's bad, something that's not God's will. For me, just from personal experience, usually it takes a while. Sometimes it's taken a year, maybe two years. But I tell you what, the times that it has gone, it's been like, you're talking about glory celebration. Wake up and realize it's gone. Hallelujah. That thing that bugged me for six years, it's gone. It's just almost like it's surreal. It's like, you know, it was here yesterday. Wow. And that mountain is gone. I think I'll go outside and look and look again. Yep. It's not there. Amazing. Amazing. It just makes you so glad that you continued to believe that God would do it because he will just stand in faith and it's God doing it, but it's us also working his word so that he has permission to come on the scene, release his power and, you know, move that thing out of your out of, out of your life. And you're also releasing his power through the words you speak. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So these different things that can affect your feelings, lack of sleep, uh, hearing a negative report, uh, let's say you're believing God for finances and your water heater blows up or, you know, uh, there's a leak under the kitchen sink. Now you got to call a plumber, oh, another $300 or another $800 or $1,100. And here you are trying to pay off bills. You get hit, hit with a negative report. Don't let those things throw you. Feelings will come. We can't help that. That's okay. Good feelings. We welcome them. Negative feelings. Uh, it's just a part of life, but don't let it affect your belief system or your belief structure. Uh, other things can affect you as well. You can have hormonal issues. That can be perhaps more of a case for ladies, uh, you know, particularly in certain seasons of their life. And you just like, wow, you know, I, I find myself with uh, these, uh, like on a, like I'm on a roller coaster or something like that, a roller coaster of feelings. Okay. Well, just hold to the word. Hang on, and God will, he'll begin to just level all of that out. He, he's the perfect equalizer. He'll just level all of that out, get you on solid ground. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Whatever it might be, uh, even even if you're on certain medications and you're taking things that the doctor said, you need to take this. Okay, those can affect your feelings as well. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. There are certain drugs that affect your mood, that can cause you to be angry very easily, that can cause you to be depressed, that can cause you to be extremely lethargic. Uh, there's other kinds of conditions, uh, sugar diabetes, low blood sugar level, all of that affects your feelings. But my friends, hold to the Word of God. Hold to the Word of God. Don't be moved by what you feel. Be moved by 
your faith in God. What does that mean? You're moved by what he said. Okay, you're moved by, that's what moves you. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Very quickly, one more scripture today. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're talking today about faith without feelings. We're talking about not letting our feelings fake us out. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. We have the classic statement by the Apostle Paul. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith. What does that mean? Well, for some guys, they thought it meant don't work a job. Well, I'm just going to believe God. I'm not going to work. Well, all Scripture must harmonize. You cannot take a Scripture out of context, try to build a whole life on that, knowing that what you're doing violates the, the integrity of that Scripture as well as other Scriptures that don't balance with what you're doing. So, you know, I remember I talked with a young man, uh, a very wonderful young man, been through some very difficult times in his life. So I, I was very, I was very kind to him. I talked very nice to him, and I think that really helped him. And I, uh, I just said, "Hey, uh, how long has it been since you, since you've worked?" He said, "I haven't worked in eight years." And I said, "Well, I said, you know, the Lord would like for you to have a job." And he didn't want to hear any of those scriptures. He just said, oh, he goes, oh, Brother Stephen, I'm, I'm living by faith. I'm just trusting God. Really what he was doing was living off people. And he was just kind of going from house to house, uh, drive around, stay here, stay there, and just eating people's food, sleeping in people's houses. And people were really, unfortunately, Christians were empowering him to continue to live this life. But I had a, I had a good talk with him. I said, look, I said, I said, you can't take that scripture out of context, for we walk by faith and not by sight. That doesn't mean that you just, you know, you don't work, you don't, you don't do these other things that God instructs you to do, because Paul said to work a good job with your hands. He also said, if a man will not work, let him not eat. Oh, he didn't want to hear those other scriptures. But see, you must, you must share the whole counsel of the Word of God with people. That's what I tried to do with you uh, as we're together on Sunday mornings and Wednesday mornings. I really just try to give you the full counsel of God's Word, because if I just do one thing and that's all I do, then we could have a, a balance issue here. But we really need to see that so many of the promises of God are based upon what I would call a package condition or a package deal. Uh, in other words, we've got we've got to put this all together. We have to make things work right, not just in this one area, but we need to also give attention to this and make sure this is up and running over here. So I was able eventually to get through to this young man and help him to bring an end to his days of wandering from house to house and begging for food and to have the courage. See, when a man has not worked for a long time, you can actually lose an element of your God-given masculinity. And you lose a desire and a passion to want to do something. That's very, very dangerous. So that has to be restored back to somebody. And I was able to pray with him and talk with him, not talk down to him or tear him up, but just be nice to him and help him and say, hey, like, God, to help you. God, to help you. And just bring him back around. And things began to turn for him. He was able to get back on his feet. And the idea is not just where you can support yourself, but you can even have something to give to others. 
who are in need. Isn't that a blessed condition to be in? Praise the Lord. So everybody's in different places. We want to bring them into maturity. Praise God. So it, uh, it says, for we walk by faith. Now, walking not literally going out walking down the street. Although, if you're walking down the street, you should be walking in that street in faith that you're going to reach your destination. You're not going to be robbed. You're not going to be mugged. You're not going to get run over by a car or, or a subway train. Okay, You're going to be okay. We walk by faith. But really, walking is referring to your lifestyle. This is the way you live. If you're going to do something, do it. Don't hesitate. Don't be unsure. If you're not sure, just don't go at all. Okay, we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith is something that is a determined action. If we're going to do it, we're going to do this. Don't don't ever do anything half baked. Don't do ever uh, something like, well, you know, I just don't know, but yeah, yeah, well, here we go anyhow. No, if you're going to do it, do it. Praise God. Step out in faith for we walk by faith. This is the way we live in faith in God. What does that mean? In God's word. We walk by faith. Walking by faith is not just like a random blind. We're walking by faith. Well, faith in what? Well, I don't know. I never stop to think about that. Well, you have to have faith in something. Faith in God. Yes. What does that mean? Faith in what he said. Faith in his word. Faith in God's word. Not by sight. What does sight refer to? Circumstantial, natural evidence that's received through your eyes that's registered through the mind, through the brilliance of your brain that picks up on all the stimulus of the physical realm that's coming in through these different forms of receptors that we have, whether it's touch, even taste, it's too hot, too cold, okay, what you see, all of these different things, and your amazing brain is assimilating all this data and material coming into it, and we thank God for that, but when it comes to when it comes to what God said, oftentimes what he said can run completely contrary to what circumstantial natural stimulus is suggesting that you believe. So which one are you going to believe? You're going to believe the word of God. For we walk by faith, faith in God, which is faith in what he said, not by sight. Glory to God. Well, don't look like it's going to work. Well, we're not going to go by what it looks like. We're going to go by what God told us to do. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. See, God, God wants you to do great things. Every person who has done something great, most of those people have been told, you can't do it. It's impossible. It's never been done before, and it can't be done. Well, what are you going to do? Just shut it all down because somebody said you can't do it? Now, I understand there are people that can give advice, that can speak counsel, that can say, you know, technically this hasn't been done before, but doesn't mean we can't do it. Uh, but there, I'm talking about the total doubters that just are, they doubt everything. That, but I'm just saying, who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe what God said that you can do? Are you going to believe all the people who are the armchair critics? What's an armchair critic? A person who sits there in the chair, criticizes, and they've never done anything. They especially haven't done what you're trying to do. But boy, can they critique. <laughs> really? You really want to, why would you want to listen to them? No, listen to the Lord. Listen to those that are pulling for you. 
You know, I remember uh, many years back, uh, Robert Schuler was endeavoring to build the Crystal Cathedral out there in Orange County, California. And so he had written, you know, the, fa- the world-famous book, Move Ahead with Possibility Thinking. And so he endeavored to do something that was just like brand new. It had never been done in the earth before. He wants to build a, a church building completely out of glass where people can just see into it and the sun can come into it. It's going to be called the Crystal Cathedral. So he begins to uh, formulate the plan develop the blueprints and launch into this amazing ambitious project and he gets about halfway into it and it just the whole thing got bogged down and uh, one day Peter Daniels the the famous Christian businessman who's a motivational speaker and who specializes in speaking on overcoming impossible odds he came to visit his friend Mr. Robert Schuler, and Pastor Schuler was there he was all discouraged and he was just like completely flustered with the project. And Peter Daniel said, well, what, you know, what's wrong? He goes, oh, he said, everything's wrong. Mr. Schuler said, everything's wrong. He said, we have financial problems. I don't have enough money to continue. And he said, I, I have all kinds of zoning problems and zoning issues with the county. They won't give me the permits that I need. He said, I've got so many problems that I actually wish that I could just have a heart attack and die and legally get out of here. God would just get me out of this mess. And Robert Schuler uh, was just ready to throw in the towel and quit. And Peter Daniel said, you can't do that. And Robert Schuler said, how come I can't do it? And Peter Daniel said, because you're the man that wrote the book, Possibility Thinking. Nothing is impossible with God. Woo, woo, hallelujah. My friends, who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to listen to? There's so many competitors for your faith. I want you to listen to God. Honor, esteem highly what he says. Doubt the doubters. Mm, And believe the Lord. God wants to do something great in your life. Praise God. God would like for you to do something that nobody in your family has ever done. Oh, I'm not just talking about your brothers and sisters. I'm talking about your mother and your father and your grandfather and your grandmother and all down the uh, entire genealogy. God wants you to do something that nobody in your family history has ever done before. And that might be just as simple as get on an airplane and fly on a plane. There's some people that have never been on an airplane. I met a lady once. I ministered at her church. Her and her husband were the pastors. She, she was the pastor's wife. She was in her 40s, and she had never left the country. She had never been on an airplane. Now watch this. She had never left the state of North Carolina. Oh, no, I'm not done. She had never left the county. No, Pastor Stephen, that's impossible. Oh, no, no, this, this was only a few years back. And she had never left the county her entire life. Well, she's left the county since I last talked to her. <laughs> she was required to. Got a miracle job and was required to travel out of the county to get some training. How about that? Glory to God. God would like for you to do something that you've never done before, that nobody in your family history or genealogy or lineage has ever done before. God wants you to leave a mark. That when others hear about what you did, it inspires them. Praise God. It builds faith in them. 
that somebody would stop and think for a moment, well, if that person did it, maybe I could do it too. Hallelujah. God wants you to be a faith infuser. Hallelujah. Where you are the one that jumps up and says, bless God, I believe God. <laughs> Woo. Woo. Glory to God. Mm. Hallelujah. I want to close with this story. I was listening to a pastor, a good man, share an honest personal story that happened in his life. He wasn't proud of it. He knew he had missed a God moment, but he shared it so that we would never miss a God moment. And this pastor, this nice man was sitting on the platform at one of these large conferences that prophet Kenneth Hagin uh, was hosting and speaking at. And this was a very large conference. Uh, a lot of times what people don't know behind the scenes, because my wife and I, we've hosted a lot of conferences. Behind the scenes, you have to understand that if you're hosting a major event, it is a lot of work. You need a lot of help. Even with great planning, sometimes things pop up that, are, that can be troublesome to deal with, but you've got to cover everything, keep everything going. And so it's a lot of work. So anyhow, this pastor said he was sitting on the platform and Kenneth Hagin walks to the platform and begins to come up the steps that lead up to the platform. And this pastor said that he watched Kenneth Hagin walk up the steps and he was so weighted down with something that was troubling him. And God didn't tell him what it was, but something was troubling the prophet. And this pastor could see that the man of God was completely weighted down and fighting great things uh, like a struggle of just problems and difficulties. And so the pastor said that the Holy Spirit suddenly came on him and inspired him to jump up in front of, you know, 50,000 people, jump up and shout hallelujah. You have to understand everything's flat. Everything's flat as a pancake. The praise and worship has taken place. They're sitting on the platform. Here comes the prophet. And this pastor said the Holy Spirit led him to do that, and he didn't do it. He didn't do it. And he said, Brother Hagin keeps coming up those steps, and he looks up and looks, and that pastor said he looked right at me, expecting me to do something. And he said the Holy Spirit came on me again, and, one, and the Holy Spirit just was endeavoring to, to get me to jump up and shout hallelujah. And he said, I didn't do it. And he said, when he didn't do it, and Brother Hagin was looking at him, he said, when he, that pastor said, when I didn't do that, Brother Hagin just looked down and he looked more the scourge than ever. Because <laughs> he, he knew God was trying to help him somehow, and it was going to come through me, that man of God said, but he said, I didn't respond. And now Brother Hagin's still trying to come up those steps under that weight. And he said, suddenly, John Osteen, the father of Pastor Joel Osteen. He said John Osteen was sitting on the other end of the platform. Suddenly, John Osteen jumps up and shouts, Hallelujah! In the midst of this uh, uh, invading spirit of unbelief. In the midst of everybody just waiting for somebody else to do something. In the midst of the discouragement and the troubles that had come upon the man of God. 
the Spirit of God moved on John Osteen, and he responded immediately, jumped up and shouted hallelujah. And when he did that, the Spirit of God came over the entire group that was in that that very large uh, arena. And people began to shout. God began to move all over the place. Suddenly that weightiness came off Brother Hagin. Now he's able to move mightily and preach mightily in the Spirit. But it changed everything. You need to be the person that is that person of faith. Hallelujah. Have faith in God. Be the person that says, yes, we can. And in your own life and in the own assignments that God has called you to, be the person that says, yes, I will. Hallelujah. By the grace and power of God, yes, I will. I will not fail. God is with me. And the works of the Lord shall be accomplished in my life. Please lift your hands right now. I pray, Father, for everybody watching. They receive the infusion of faith. Let their faith come alive. To believe you, O God, to do the impossible. To do that which has never been done before. That the anointing of a trailblazer. That the anointing of a pioneer. That the anointing of breakthrough Touch them now, and they go forth with renewed faith, focus, and energy supplied by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) You're going to do something amazing. I don't know what it is, but you're going to do something amazing in your life by God's power. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. Get ready. Oh, glory. Let's take communion. Woo! Let's take communion today. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. John chapter 6. How about this? This is a beautiful scripture. John 6. This will be verse 55. What a long chapter this is in the Bible. Verse 55. For my flesh is food indeed. And my blood is drink indeed. Father, we bless this little wafer and the grape juice that we have together that we're going to take together. We bless it and consecrate it. This is now the holy flesh and blood of Jesus. Pastor Stephen, do you really believe that this is the flesh and that this is the blood of Jesus? Yes, I do. And I can't explain it. And in many ways, it can't be explained. When I look at it, now that it is the flesh and blood, when I look at it, I still see a little wafer, and I still see what appears to be juice. But this is now the flesh and the blood, appearing in the form of bread and juice, but it is now the flesh and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Pastor Stephen, I I don't understand that. That's okay. I don't either. But see, I believe it. You don't have to understand everything. You just have to believe it. God doesn't ask you to understand it. God doesn't ask you to get a Greek uh, PhD and, you know, learn all that. They just ask you to believe. By the way, it says the same thing in the Greek as it does here in the English. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Praise God. I really do believe with all of my heart, with all of my heart, that this is not just a little wafer and juice. This is the body, and this is the blood of Jesus. Pastor Stephen, 
Well, that, that would be miraculous. Yes, it is. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. You know what? If you can explain to me how an old lady in Germany, she went home to be with the Lord in 1962. Her name was Teresa Newman. N-E-U-M-A-N-N. Teresa Newman. If you can explain to me how Teresa Newman can go 26 years with no food and not a drink of water, not even a drop of water, for 26 years on nothing but this. If you can explain that to me, I'll explain to you how communion works. <laughs> right? I can give you the list of 10 people who lived on nothing but a little wafer every day and a little bit of juice every day. That's it. That's it. Once a day for over 20. I can give you the names of over 10 people who lived on that for over 20 years and never ate a drop of food or drank a drink, a, a drop of water for over 20 years. How, but Pastor Stephen, how could that be? It's because it's a, it's a miracle meal. It really is. You can't, you can't get that kind of energy or nutrition out of something this small and out of, you know, half an ounce of juice. No, it is the flesh and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hitler was terrified of this lady. <laughs> Laid in a bed. But what a prophetess she was. Operating in many gifts of the spirit, especially word of knowledge, uh, word of wisdom, very powerful gift of prophecy, and a tremendous gift of discerning of spirits. 26 years with no food and no water. Praise the Lord. This was it. This was it. This is a miracle meal. There are many mysteries in the Word of God. We don't have to understand them because some of them, you can only grab it in here, in your heart. Such things really as the sacrifice of Christ at Calvary, the redemption of our sins, the, the mystery of the Trinity, three, but yet they're one. It's a very amazing thing. So I just believe it. There are some things in the Bible I don't understand, but I do believe them. The catching up of the saints, I believe it. Praise God. It's in the Word of God. Father, we thank you for the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Woo! Glory. We thank you as we receive this. We receive now the body of Christ. We believe. We believe. Hallelujah. And everything that is in your word. We praise you. Let's now receive the flesh of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The 10 people that I could write out for you that each went for a period of over 20 years with no food, no water, nothing but communion every day. And I like to mention Teresa Newman because she lived in the modern era. And, you know, a lot of times we talk about some of these saints that lived back in the, you know, 1500s or the 1200s. People are like, hey, you know, how do we even know? But when you have people that live in modern times and they're walking in this, it's, it's very, very different. Teresa Newman was a stigmatist from the perspective of that. She suffered the passion of Christ on every Friday. She would go through the passion of the Lord. 
and the wounds of Christ would appear on her. Praise God. But all ten of those people that I can name, and there's more. There's, there's quite a few more that lived on nothing but communion. But the ten that I've studied, all ten of them, were told by the Lord, you can stop eating. You can stop drinking. I will now sustain you through my flesh and blood alone. So you have to have a word from the Lord to do that. I've had people tell me, Pastor Stephen, I'm going to do that. That's so exciting. That's so cool. I'm going to do that. Well, you can give it a try, but after a few days when you get real hungry, and especially when you get real thirsty, you're going to have to realize you can't do this unless God tells you to do it. So Teresa Newman was another person where the Lord appeared to her in a vision. And for the first thing he told her uh, was, you don't have to eat. I'm going to sustain you through the communion. And that went on for about 10 years. And, and then the Lord came back. And then he told her, you can stop drinking liquids also because uh, I'm going to sustain you through my blood. Praise the Lord. So 26 years, no food, no water. And that was the case for all of them. The Lord had spoken to them. What is that? A word of wisdom. A word of wisdom is a supernatural word of God speaking towards your destiny, your future, for your, for the fulfillment of what you can come into. It's based upon your obedience. So they stepped into it. But my friends, we can still take it every day and be mindful of the Lord's death. Proclaim his death because it's through his death that we received redemption and eternal life. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins. If there has been any sin, let sin be washed away. Transgression removed. Iniquity removed. All sins forgiven and forgotten through the shed blood of Christ. Father, we thank you. Ooh, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We receive it now. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory, glory, woo, glory, hallelujah. The truth, the truth is awesome, hallelujah. I tell you, there, there are some things in the word, and there are realities of the word manifested in the earth today where the truth is so holy, so sacred, so awesome. There are some things the Lord has allowed me to see and experience that a lot of it I can't even talk about. It's too good. Woo! Hallelujah. The truth is true bright. That which is in the word, I will proclaim and teach. But there are some things that are very, very special. God's allowed me to witness and even to have, uh, to be able to participate in. They're so holy. Woo! Woo! So good. The truth. Knowing the truth will set you free. Praise God. May the light of God's word illuminate your life. May the light of God's word take you into new levels of living the full life, the full life that God intends for you to live. May you be set free from any bondage that would try to hinder you today. Glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. I speak to any form of lockjaw in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it. Loose that person in the name of the Lord. Jaws that would have been bound up and locked up, maybe through lead poisoning, iodine poisoning, some form of mercury poisoning, or some type of uh, contamination. Be healed in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord, any rot in any person's jaw. Be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Hallelujah. Any deaf person that cannot speak, excuse me, any dumb person. Uh, and of course, dumb is not, we're not talking about ignorance or something like that. Dumb is basically saying mute. That's the old King James word. Any mute person, you cannot speak. Your tongue is bound. I speak to your tongue. Be loosed in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Speak in the name of the Lord. Glory. Glory to God. I command that tongue to be loosed in the name of Jesus. Anointing. Come into that camera. coming into your body, into your mouth now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I cast out the deaf and the mute spirit. Loose the person now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Deaf ears open in the name of the Lord. Deaf and dumb spirit come out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. If that's you, put your head forward. I lay my hands on your head. I touch you by faith. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Hallelujah. Evil spirits come out in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You're free in the name of the Lord. Glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Has the enemy lied to you and told you that you can't do it, that it can't be done? Why is he working so hard? Why is he suggesting such doubt? Because he knows. He knows you're going to get it. And he's trying to fake you out with feelings. My friends, hold to the word of God. And you'll come through. Every mountain will be removed. Hallelujah. Every valley will be filled. Every crooked place will be made straight. For the king of glory is invading your life, making your life beautiful, making, making your life reflect his kingly image in you. Father, bless your people today. In the name of Jesus, amen. And amen. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. Stay in faith. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.